Hey y'all. Hey, welcome to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to overcome adversity, create your best life and beat your most authentic self. I am Dr. Eve. I'm your host and I'm excited that you decided to join me on today because your time is valuable and I recognize you could be anywhere else, but you're here. So thank you. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm really happy to have you here and I certainly hope that you come back for more. So, uh, real talk. If you're feeling what you're hearing, help the show grow. Leave a review and tell everyone you know. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. Today is really exciting for me. Very exciting because I have a queen in my presence, y'all. Like, I'm like serious when I say a queen. I have Dr. Tamara Glover who's a native of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. She currently lives in Jonesboro and she's the reigning Mrs. Arkansas, United States. She got me together early when I was like, yeah, Mrs. Arkansas, USA. She was like, nope, get it together. So I did because, you know, she taught me the game today. There are there are different parts of this queendom life, y'all, that I didn't even know about. And so I'm glad to have a like a true queen in our presence to talk to us about not only being first generation, but walking in the light of being a queen, Dr. Glover. Hey girl, hey. Hello, Dr. Hudson. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I truly appreciate it and it is such a privilege and it is an honor for me to have an opportunity to continue to talk with you about what I love to do and how I am able to serve in the community. So thank you so much and I'm looking forward to sharing my story as a first generational student. I am so glad you came on the show. I'm really honored and it's crazy because I was like, I wonder if she is and I was so scared to ask you at first because I was like, I want to bother her she gonna think I'm crazy but then you were like yeah let's do this I was like yeah she gonna do it so (laughs) I'm lame but you know it happens but thank you thank you I totally admire you what I understand about you too is that you were once let me make sure that I have it right miss you you a bp pb miss you uh, I was mm-hmm, I was a 79th Miss University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and that's actually where I got my start in college. Mm. Actually, where I got my start in the pageantry world was in college. I competed at the, in the Miss Kappa Alpha Psi pageant, and then later on went on to compete for the official ambassador for the university and won Miss UAPD. So, yes, that is true. Wow. So, what even got you into that? Now, actually, let's kind of even go back. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself before you even got into the queen life. That's that's what we're going to call this, the queen life. What happened before that? Because you are first generation. What even enticed you like to go to college? Okay, excellent question. Honestly, I was raised in a single parent household. Let me just let me just say that. I was raised in a single parent household, eldest of four, and I saw the struggle, the day to day struggle that my mom went through and all of the sacrifices that she made as a single mom and doing her very best to uh, raise me and my other siblings. And I knew that in order for me to be able to help her out, I needed to make sure that I was able to graduate high school and go to college so that I could not only pay her back, and you can never pay your mom for what they do, period. That's right. You know, mom, you can pay them. But so many people told my mom that I would not amount to anything when I grew up. Actually, so many people spoke negative things over my life. They told my mom that I would be a high school dropout and that I would have several children out of wedlock and that I would be nothing is what they said. And so I knew at an early age that I was different 
from a lot of my peers and just in general and that God had a special calling on my life. And I'll be honest with you, I struggled academically in school. And so I was, uh, the odds were always against me. So you, you talk about somebody coming from a single, a child coming from a single parent household and struggling academically. Yeah, it didn't look like I was going to graduate high school, let alone go to college and pursue further education afterwards. But hmm. just knowing that I had to do something different growing up in what we call the hood, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. growing up in the, you know, in the impoverished environment. And then just seeing again, the blood, the sweat and the tears that my mom, you know, going through life just trying to make sure that me and my siblings had the best life ever. And she did, like I said, I tell anybody, she did a hell of a job. And so my why has always been my mom for so very long. And then once I got up in age and I was at a place where, you know, it was like, are you going to go left or are you going to go right? I chose to go right because everybody else was going left. Not that I was getting anything away from anybody, but I needed to go right so that I can make an impact and be able to be that person to come back to tell other young girls, young boys, or even individuals in general that, hey, you can make it. Like, you can make it. All you have to do is have the willpower, and you can really, truly do anything you put your mind to. So I just, I had to. It wasn't a, it wasn't an option. I had to go to college. You know, my mom went to college, but she she dropped out, so she didn't get a chance because she was pregnant with me. So she only she only did about two or three weeks. Mm. Wow, two or three weeks? Wow. So she really just went to campus for orientation and came home. She went to campus for orientation and came home. She found out she was pregnant. And again, my mom had just lost her father. So it was was a lot going on. She was, you know, she was pregnant and it was just so much going on. It was a lot. But see that that's that's a good point because there's so much more that happens for the reason that people don't finish college sometimes or get the start that they desire. I can't imagine that you have two parents and all of a sudden you have one and that was an adjustment for her and then she didn't even have the support she needed to even think about getting through school and having a child. So that's real. That's life. Oh, that that's nothing though. That's nothing because when I was six years old, my grandmother passed away. So, you know, she was 26 here and no no parents. So, you know, I get it. And again, that's why I say my why has always been to succeed for my mother. I'm telling you, if you, we can never repay them. But I've always made sure I was able to do something so that I could see the look and the smile on her face. And for some people, they may, you know, they may think like, oh, yeah, right. But that's always been my why is to make her proud and eventually and i share this with you later you know eventually get to a place where you're saying you know what now i have to do this for myself because if i don't then who will Mm. i know that's real so tell me this you went to college you pledged alpha kappa alpha you were miss uapb graduated and then you became miss black arkansas usa (laughs) in 2010 that's true that, that so was a lot true. to do. How did you finesse that transition? Because, again, you come from a single parent household, your first generation, but yet you're walking in light of a queen and you just didn't stop after school. You kept going. I did. I had people depending on me. And mm. the, the thing is that I knew, honestly, I knew when I say I knew I was different. And when I say different, I don't mean different as in better than or even less than. I'm that God has called me to a higher purpose 
and I have to serve his people. And I found that when you have a title, even now with people saying Dr. Glover, they look at you completely different with a title. Now, titles don't mean anything. They mean something only to the people who hold them, but you're able to go places, see things, and connect with different people that you normally wouldn't be able to if you didn't have the title. And so, being Miss University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, it opened up so many different doors for me. And it allowed, I saw the need that I was able to address with the community service work that I was doing. And then also, once I graduated, it's kind of contagious. It's like service is contagious in the best way. You know, servanthood is something that comes from within. And so being able to just give back I think that's our ultimate duty, and so I was able to make a big impact as Miss UAPB, and once I graduated, and just being a social worker in general, you know, wanting to help those that are in need, because I know what it's like to be in need and to need someone to lend a helping hand. It, sometimes it don't cost anything, and so just being able to empower individuals. I always told people, I've never had a whole lot of money. But being able to encourage, uplift, and inspire someone, that's free. Mm. That is free. So, I, again, I wanted to continue the journey of being a servant leader. And I knew that if I had another opportunity to compete in more pageants, that I would. And so mm. when I was a the opportunity to compete for Miss Black Arkansas USA, then, you know, I ran full speed and had an awesome time competing in that system and had the opportunity to go to D.C. and compete at the Miss Black USA and was afforded the opportunity to meet so many other phenomenal women. I mean, it's like, it's amazing when you get with other individuals who are close in age and come from the, you know, you have so many similarities, you know, and you get one another. But you're always trying to uplift the next person. I think that's, that's, that's a blessing. So, yeah, I just got addicted to it. I got addicted to the community service, but I'm going to tell you something else that I was addicted to. I was addicted to being glamorous. It's something about being glamorous. <laughs> when you feel good on the outside, you truly feel good on the inside. Oh, yeah. So, and then just being able to show other young girls that they could do it too. And that's been my mission and that's been my goal. And, you know, that's something that I, I, I believe that's, that's my legacy is being able to make sure I'm able to continuously empower, inspire, and uplift other people. Mm, and nothing wrong with that. And so even thinking about your initiatives through being a queen, is that what drove you to social work or what did it? So, no, honestly, I had an experience in high school and one of my relatives, he came and he had, he had to come live with us for a while. And so a social worker came over and she was actually an investigator. And with me, with me being very inquisitive, I started asking questions because she was interviewing him in our kitchen. And as she was interviewing him, I just wanted to know a little bit more about what she was doing and just being nosy in that business. <laughs> Long story <laughs> short, she told me she was a social worker and I saw that she was there to help. And I was like, I could do that. To be an investigator. Like, I could do it because I was still trying to figure out, well, what are you going to do? Why are you going to college? Well, what are you going to major in? And I was actually told that I would be an educator. I was like, no, I want to be a social worker because I, I already knew that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be the person to go out and investigate and see how I can help someone else because that's what she did. 
and got mm. to UACB and was accepted into their social work program and met some amazing individuals who eventually became my mentors, Dr. Gloria Davis and Dr. Andrea Stewart. And it was it was on it was on from there. I saw them being able to make a major difference in our lives and I wanted to do the same thing. And so I just wanted to help people at that time. I didn't know anything about a master's degree. Definitely was not thinking about a PhD. All I knew <laughs> is I wanted to do I wanted to help someone and this field allowed me that opportunity. And it's interesting to me that you've stuck with social work from your bachelor's through your doctorate a lot of people don't do that mm-hmm. I know it's beneficial and social work is such a broad field and because it's so broad you have the opportunity to help in so many different areas you know you have legislation you have policy you have research you have direct practice indirect practice and honestly my uncle Dennis who was one of my biggest role models and has been my biggest support before I met my husband, not just my husband, my extraordinary husband, before I met my husband, <laughs> All he, right. he, actually, he was actually the one that said, you should major in education. And I said, no, I want to be a social worker. But now he, he saw something then that I didn't see in myself. So now I'm actually on the educational side. I'm in academia. So, you know, with me being Hmm. an assistant, I'm educating social work students now. I'm able to give back my time and effort in that way to share everything, all of my knowledge base with them. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. I believe that. But it's funny how things happen. And so being able to still serve, educate, and being lend a hand, I think you get the best of both worlds. I absolutely agree. And so listening to you, with you being an educator, with you being a queen, a social worker, a wife, you wear so many hats. And I'd imagine that there's sometimes pressure for you to, I like to say, be on, you know, 100% of the time. How is it that you've been able to be your most authentic self in everything that you're doing and not feel like you have to put on a happy face when it's really not all good or you have to be something that you're not. How do you do that? Honestly, that goes along with my platform as Mrs. Arkansas United States. And my platform is love is home. And I use home as an acronym because when we are home, the H stands for heart healthy. And that stands being healthy emotionally, spiritually, also physically, and financially. And I feel like when we are healthy, we're at our best and we're strong. And and with all those that I named, with all those elements that I just named, then you can truly be your best. So I've had to learn a whole lot as I, as, and I'm constantly learning, let me just say that. But it's only when I take the time out for myself, I believe in taking mental health days. I believe in taking that time to refocus and stay centered or grounded. I think it's the best way to put it. But it's only because of who I believe in, if that makes sense. It's because of the guidance and my spiritual beliefs. And that that's, un, that's the only way I've been able to do anything. And when I say anything, anything. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. So let's move into something a little a little different that talks about challenges. Or let's talk about challenges for a sec. I'd be interested in knowing that with all the success that you've had, what has been the most challenging aspect of you being a first gen as somebody who's navigated through three degrees and now a professional, a professor at that? Like, what's been the most challenging aspect of being first gen? 
if I can be completely honest with you, and it goes back to your belief within yourself, being able to believe in yourself, because I told you that I struggled academically when I was in school. Many people do not know this. I was in the band. I was in the band, and I was in for a rude awakening when I was at UAPB. And because at the time I was still learning how to manage my time and just manage life in general, my academics suffered. Like, I suffered academically. GPA dropped. And I really needed a lot of help. And I didn't really know which way to turn. Yes, I had a couple. I was, in, I was still at home. And I, I had a couple other, you know, individuals on campus that I could go to. But I feel because of the fact my mom didn't go to college, that was only so much information that she could share with me. And because I was still closed in or wasn't as open with everyone, you know, letting them know that I was struggling academically, then... I suffered more, if that makes any sense. And so it wasn't until I was able to say, you know what? Again, drawing back on my spiritual beliefs, I need, Lord, I need help. And so I, I was able to get some good role models and some good mentors to come along the way to actually help me. But anything that I've ever wanted to accomplish or try, you know, try to take on any opportunity or task, there have been many a challenges, many setbacks, whether it was failing the class, getting a bad grade, or, you know, going to compete at a pageant, not winning before you actually go back to compete and then finally win. You know, there are many obstacles and challenges, but the biggest thing is just to believe in yourself and know that even if the answer is no right now, it doesn't mean that it'll never happen. And so I actually took a couple classes over, but that's okay because I learned something from the experience every single time. I was able to better manage my time eventually, you know, once I failed my first semester, I was also able to say, hey, you know, I need some help. I wasn't afraid to reach out for help anymore. And when I graduated with my master's, you have to get licensed. Now, let me just say that. So people who say that they're social workers, they're not just saying that they're social workers just to say it. You have to not only have the degree, but you have to have the license to go along with that degree. And so we have to take our national exam. I struggled. Passed hmm. my national exam. I didn't pass it the first time. I didn't pass it the second time. And when I when I was speaking with one of my relatives, they said, "Well, you're going to pass it on the third try." And I said, "You know what? You're right." He's like, "One for the Father, two for the Son, and three for the Holy Ghost." And I said, "You're so right." But you know what? When I went to take the exam the third time, Doctor Hudson, you know I didn't pass. Mm. And when I tell you, if that was not a red flag, everything that I knew at that time. It went out the window, and I was so discouraged. I was hurting so bad because I couldn't understand how my God would allow me to get to this place, bring me so far to allow me to finish a degree, earn a degree, and then not allow me to pass the exam. And the only mm. way that I can move forward in my career is if or when I pass this exam. And so the challenges, they just, they don't stop. But you know what? I believed in myself and I sat down. I was able to refocus, reflect, and I put in the work. Now, it's one thing to say, you know what, we seek positivity or, you know, you're speaking of positive affirmations because I believe in that. But faith without works is what? We know it's dead. So you have to believe your but you also have to get to moving 
and put some action behind their belief. And that's what I was, I was able to do that. And that's with everything. So I've had lots of setbacks and challenges, but I don't let them stop me. I've had people to tell me I won't be a great social worker. But guess what? I also have been able to touch thousands. And when I say thousands, I'm not just over-exaggerating with that number because I've been not only in Arkansas, but Mississippi, you know, Texas. I've been to so many different places where I've only had the opportunity to maybe even speak for three minutes. And somebody would come up to me and say, you know what? I needed to hear that. I'm so mm. thankful that you said that. You really touched me. And it, that's young and older. And I say older because I don't like to call people just old. They're just really advanced in years. But I have <laughs> people who are old enough to be my mother, grandmother, come to me and say, I'm so thankful that you said that. I needed to hear mm-hmm. that. Not the baby that was with them, but they needed to hear. And it's, again, all of my challenges and my past, truthfully, that's what fuels me or gives me that gasoline to keep on going. It, it, it really does. It keeps me moving forward because I cannot let my past hold me hostage. But I've also found that no matter what you do, I don't care who you are. If you want to do anything great or be a person of influence, you're going to run into a lot of challenges. But it's not mm-hmm. about how many times you you know you fall down. And even if you do fall down, you have to pray that you fall on your back. Because if you fall on your back, you can look up. And if you can look up, guess what? You can get up. Mm-hmm. So, about just being able to move forward. And that, again, when you said challenges, that goes with the second portion of my platform. And that's that, oh, outreach. Being able to get out in the community and help individuals overcome their daily challenges that they're facing so that they can live their best life. Mm. So tell me about living that best life. What does it mean to you to live your best life? Great question. It's really being able to do and be the person that you've always wanted to be. So whatever that looks like. And so for me, doing exactly what I'm doing now. Mm. In a million years, no one could have told me that the little girl from the west side who grew up on 15th Street in Palm Bluff would be where I am right now. Mm. And it's like a dream come true. And I've always said this, that I feel like God shows you little glimpses of your life and just look, you know, just little small frames. But I, this is my best life. And honestly, I'm learning to appreciate every single moment, the good, the bad, including the ugly, because in every single situation, there's some beauty in it. And when I was working on my master's degree, you talk about challenges. January of 2012, my brother passed away. Mm. And the year before that, I had my cousin. We were best friends, actually. She passed away in 2011. So you're talking about challenges. So after I was faced or I saw young people dying. Now, you see it on the news all the time and you see it in your community, but when it hits close to home, it takes on a different type of meaning. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I hope that people don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but when my cousin passed away and she died after childbirth, she was 26 years old. But my brother, when my brother passed away and he was 20 years old, Mm. Yeah, it took a different meaning. And and honestly, I've just been able to, you know, get to a point where I started sharing. And you talk about social work, being able to help those that are in need. My brother passed away due to self-inflicted injury. And so we typically say suicide. And so being faced with that challenge or that hardship is like, oh, my goodness, I don't have a second, a minute 
I don't have no time to waste. Time is one of the most valuable assets that we actually have. And I just want yes. to take full that back because God, again, and I know a lot of people may say, well, why she started throwing God up in it? But I have to because that's where I draw my strength from. And so I found through my experiences and in my mid-20s that honestly, tomorrow really isn't promised. And you have to live your life to the fullest so that when you die, you die on E, which means that you mm-hmm. want to Every single thing that you have, you want to share with the world. And a lot of times that may come with you exposing yourself or being vulnerable or having a lot of setbacks. But because of my experiences, it's like I've been able to just continuously reach for the stars. And I know that may sound crazy, but honestly, doing what I'm doing right now is living my best life. Being married, you know, I somebody actually agreed. This man stood at the altar and said, hey. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm-hmm. And with me being a professor, I meet people from all over the world, and I have students from all over the world. I had a student who came, and they had just got married, been married for about two or three years. Long story short, husband passed away. Mm. So we don't have time to waste. You see what I'm saying? They're, they were young. So I know I don't have forever. We're dying now as we are speaking on the phone. We As we age, we are constantly dying. We, we don't really know. So I want to do every single thing that I can possibly do while I'm here on this earth and while I have breath in my body. So I, I, to answer your question, I just don't take the fact that I have life. I don't take that lightly because somebody really didn't wake up this morning. You know, you have mm-hmm. to wonder why all of the different sperm cells, how come ours was the one that actually connected and we were formed, you know? So mm. I just live this life and I live it to the fullest. And so my best life is what I'm doing now. Being able to, you know, have a happy marriage. Because some people are not happy in their marriage. So I'm happily married. That gives me hope and joy, knowing that I have somebody to share everything with. And not only that, who's supportive. So being mm-hmm. able to, you know, work in my field, being able to give back, but also have fun. Like pageantry for me, yes, it's, it's service, but I have fun. I, I'm enjoying giving back on a larger scale. So just being able to do what I want to do and be a person of influence is, is, is that's me living my best life. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I ain't nothing wrong with that. And to know, you know, you have to define what your best life is to live it. I think people have it backwards far too often. They want to live their best life and they want to figure it out. But I'm like, nah, because how then do you recognize it? So that's powerful that you say, I know what it looks like, you know, by what I'm doing. And I'm good. <laughs> Loving and that. And the other thing is that we should not be comparing our lives to someone else because the grass is not always greener on the other side. So my best life may be completely different from somebody else's. And here's the thing. You know you're living your best life when you are at peace. Mm. When you are at peace, you are living your best life with, you know, for example, the mom who could possibly be a single mom is living her best life when she knows that she can go pay those bills, put food on the table, and, you know, provide for her children. Or the person who's a stay-at-home mom who, who just so happens to have a husband. So that best life looks different for everybody. It could be for a person who only wants to, you know, own a multi-million dollar company or even just be a manager, a store manager at Coke. 
that could be their best life. So it's really whatever goals and objectives you have for yourself and you work towards accomplishing those. No matter how big or how small they may seem to other people, as long as you're doing what you want to do, you're not harming anybody and you're staying true to yourself because everybody else is already trying to live a life according to someone else's standards. So being able mm-hmm. to just march to your own beat doing what you want to do because can't nobody live their life for you and you have to do you you better live I tell people all the time you better do you and do you to the best of your ability because everybody else is taken and it, it's mm. not a good feeling it's a carbon copy of someone else I know that's real <laughs> you said that there so tell us you know it's a lot that's been happening with you professionally and personally but definitely on this pageantry front so I just want to know what's next for you Great question. Actually, with me being Mrs. Arkansas United States, less than, let's say, about 30 days, I will be competing for the Mrs. United States title. I am going to be competing in Orlando, Florida, this July, for the Mrs. United States title. And I am really, really looking forward to being able to serve our country on a larger scale. And like I was saying earlier, you know, my platform is love. Love is home. And I use, again, I use home as an acronym because home is where you make it. And honestly, mm-hmm. let me just break down the acronym. And it's being, again, heart healthy. And when you're heart healthy, you're making sure that you are healthy emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, and financially. And it's only when you can have those be mentally sound or strong in those areas that you can live your best life. And so the O, again, it stands for outreach, being able to get in the community and help individuals overcome those daily challenges that they're actually facing. And the M is for, naturally, it's for motivation, but it's more so for being able to move individuals forward past the past hurt or some of the decisions that they've made. A lot of times we've made decisions and we're not proud about those decisions. And because of that, we allow our past to hold us hostage and we stay at a standstill or we can't move forward. So I want to be able to help individuals move forward. And also the E stands for being able to empower individuals, being able to educate them and help them stay at a constant state of evolving. Because truth be told, it's not really December 31st, 11.59. See, people get excited when the new year comes. But me, the mindset that I have is that every single day is a new day. And so mm-hmm. when this clock strikes 12 a.m., that's a new day. And as long as I have breath in my body, the only person I need to be competing with is the person I was the day before. So whatever decisions mm-hmm. that I made before, if I didn't like them, then I don't have to do it anymore. And I don't have to let yesterday affect my today. You, you see what I'm saying? So being able to help individuals stay in a constant state of evolving so that they can continuously be better and be, you know, invest in themselves. See, we spend a lot of time investing in things that don't contribute to who we are as individuals or contribute to our overall purpose. And so when we can invest ourselves or invest in ourselves, then we become more of an asset to other people versus being a liability for the people. Mm. Yeah. I know so that's that, true. Like, and, 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 and the love is, the love comes from 
Love is so powerful. And so I say love is home is because when we implement all of the things that I stated through my acronym, HOME, when we start implementing those things in our communities, that's showcase of love. And when people feel loved, they feel valued and respected. And so we use it, oftentimes we use the word love loosely, but it really is about action. And so I want to make sure that in the event that I am, and even now, as Mrs. Arkansas United States, that every individual that I come in contact with, they know that love is home and that I am the person. I want to make sure that they feel love when they leave my presence. Mm, love that. So speaking of love, I'd love for you, as we're bringing this to a close, to share something, a message, a thought, a quote, a scripture, something that you'd want listeners to walk away with and hold on to for the rest of their lives. That is a very, very great question. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I am learning and one of my newfound favorite quotes is by Martin Luther King Jr. And it's never, never be afraid to do what's right, especially if the well-being of a person or animal is at stake. Society's punishments are small compared to the wounds we inflict on our souls when we look the other way. And, you know, going back to what Dr. Molly King stood for, and one of his goals and missions was love, too. He has a really beautiful quote dealing with love as well. And I just really believe that when we can start lending a helping hand or when we just start making those decisions out of love, I, I feel like life would be much better. And I don't know if you know this, but you know, when you start, when we start doing things for other, other individuals, that's when we feel our best. Have you ever felt like that as you were, you know, lending a helping hand or doing something for someone else? I've absolutely felt that way before and I feel that way all the time. Part of the reason my platform is what it is is because I want to help somebody. If I can help somebody, then I've done my job. I have committed to, you know, making the world a better place. So I absolutely agree with you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, and, and again, when I say love is home, and I, like I said, Dr. Martin Luther King, he said it best, you know, love is the most durable power in the world. And so when we start operating out of love with all of our decisions, then we'll start to begin to see things shift and change uh, for us and for the individuals that, that are around us. And so that's another reason why I chose to make sure that the people I come in contact with understand that love is home. And it does, I'm not talking necessarily about the physical house. It, love is home and it's wherever you want it to be. And it actually should be wherever you go. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> Absolute sense. This has been an incredible conversation and you have shared so much and I am absolutely in awe of you because you are a tenacious queen. That's what I'm gonna say. That's what I have really learned today. If you will, tell us how to find you on the internet. Yes, you know, I'm still new to this stuff. I've been on, the, on social media for a while, but I'm still learning all of this good stuff. But my handle on Instagram is Tamara Glover. Honestly, if you type in Tamara Glover, you should be able to find me on all of my handles, actually on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, if you type in Mrs. Arkansas United States 2018, that will also pull up my Instagram. We also have a Miss Arkansas United States 
pageant public page as well on Facebook. And I'm listed on YouTube. I have a couple of YouTube videos as well. And it's just Dr. Tamara Glover on YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Glover. You are an amazing being. I'm wishing you well next month with your pageant. I know you're going to give it your all. You're going to shine. And I'm definitely going to be cheering for you. So until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you. I want to extend a thank you to you again for even having me on the show. I truly appreciate it. And I'm so proud of you and all that you're doing and the impact and the influence you are making on the world around us. So keep doing Keep doing you, Dr. Hudson, because I'm very proud of you as well. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.